Well, hi, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live different than those in the world around us. Um, And I'm Dan, here with Troy, our great executive pastor here. (laughs) Um, And some of you, if you watched uh, a couple episodes ago, um, we are doing a series of episodes talking about forming faith at home. And this goes along with an initiative, kind of a goal at our church, to look to put Jesus at the center of our family life. And so a couple episodes ago, we talked about the habit of eating meals together as a family. Um, Now we're going to talk about the habit of serving together as a family. Um, And and Troy, as as we get ready to get into this and get really practical, I thought uh, you, you might have some stuff to share also, but I thought I'd just read a couple of brief passages talking about the significance of serving in the Bible. Uh, Matthew 20, we get the words of the Lord Jesus, where he says to his disciples, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, and then just another passage, First Peter chapter 4, this is one of these great passages about our calling as believers. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So we're talking about serving. We're talking about this specifically in the family context, and and this is all born from the idea that uh, the five habits that we're talking about are not ideas we've generated. They're sort of data-driven ideas of people that tracked with kids who grew up in Christian families and stuck with Jesus later on or didn't stick with Jesus later on and found that when these five habits were present, they were really game changers. So, Troy, I thought maybe how we'd start off before getting into some of the practical ways that we could put this into practice of talking together about why do you think this is one of the five that showed up? Why do you think this seems to be a habit that makes a difference? Yeah, it just seems to be the reality is that a family that serves together stays together. Like there's something that God does in this, in the midst of it, uh, where you just have an other-centered focus. You know, you think of Jesus, the passage that you read, where he came to serve, not to be served. And there's something about that as we're willing to put self in the back and serve others. You know, that's where we find joy. That's where we actually find peace. We're like, hey, we are made for this. We're made to help others. Um, it's actually like authentic faith being lived out on just a daily basis. You know, we look for practical ways to be able to do this. And so as Jesus followers, hey, look, we're, we're to be looking outward of how can we make a difference? How can we make our community, our neighborhood, our world a better place? How can we do this for the Lord? And glorify him in the process. Yeah. Well, when I think I, I think what you said is right on on multiple counts. I mean, one of them is just the whole idea of saying uh, sometimes we can get into our minds, especially you and I as church leaders, we can get into our minds like, all right, we've got to get people to serve so that they can help us get the things done that we want to get done as a church. 
And it's not that that's even 100% false, but just the idea that you were saying of we, we were made for this. We were made to be contributors, not just consumers. We, we live in a culture that cultivates the idea that we sort of watch. And so even with church, you think of the difference between a child growing up in a family that, I hate the phrase, but goes to church. Yeah. And so it's like, that's their experience. All right, we were a family who went to church together versus a family that is serving Jesus in active ways. That puts kids in a position to see that their parents' faith affects their lives beyond attending, beyond watching something happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're we're called to live it out, right? Yeah. Like talk is cheap, you know, but actions count. And so for our kids to be able to see us that look, our faith is real, it's vibrant, it's alive, and it matters. And so we actually uh, live that out in more practical ways and making making a difference in the community around us. Yeah. And and I think that's huge. Thinking of obviously the fruit this bears in our church, in our community. Yeah. And, and in particular, what we're talking about today, just in the lives of our kids. And so, mm -hmm. again, talking about how in a practical way could we cultivate the habit, <clears throat> excuse me, of our families serving and then even specifically serving together as a family. So as we start to dive into that, um, maybe you can start off and, and I'll share also. What are some practical ways? You know, you have three kids. They're they're mostly grown at this point. They are. You've, yep. you've had some experience with this. Um, what are some ways that you have looked to put this into practice in the Spillman family? Yeah, so we, we look to keep it simple, right? Sometimes you can get so complicated, especially when our kids were younger. Um, something that we do just in our neighborhood, that kind of an outreach, you could say, but also a way just to bless our neighbors, make connections with our neighbors. We would bake cookies and have them be a part of it, or brownies, something like that, have these plates that we would deliver, but we would attach like an invitation to an Easter service mm. or a Christmas Eve service. And so they get to be a part of it. They get to, you know, come up to the door and be all proud of their creations and be able to hand these over. But also, uh, I allowed them to kind of do some of the speaking, you know, asking them, hey, would you be interested in coming to one of our services for Christmas Eve or Easter? And those are the two times a year that people are looking for a church. And so, but they get to see us, seeing this as a priority, like, let's be a blessing to our neighbors. Let's also be a witness where, hey, this is important to us. We want you to be a part of this as well. Yeah, and and I think that's great because it it what you were sharing about um, does kind of take us into just everyday life yeah. and just the things that we'll do. And and I love, I'm a huge fan of simplicity. Make of that what you will about me. But um, one of the things that was coming to mind for me is there are those kind of like you were saying, just informal ways. You're in your neighborhood or or you're um, part of a sports team, and so you're thinking about serving in different ways. For me, I also look at it and say, man. Um, you got the church, you got your church that you belong to, and you got opportunities right there. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes do emphasize probably more on the adult side, like, hey, get involved and serve. But there are a lot of ways just in the every week life of the church that families can serve together. And so, you know, right, with, with littler kids, it, it may get a little bit more challenging, although I'll give an example of that in a minute. But right now, you know, uh, during our second church service, um, our, our oldest son is off at college, but my, my wife and our other two sons, we all sit together during that service. And then third service, our youngest son is still part of Life Kids as a participant, but my wife and my older son go and they serve there. 
And next year, when David is no longer in Life Kids, he's going to serve there. And so on an everyday basis, they get to be serving together in those ways. We have, um, it's cool because I've seen this um, with one couple in particular with our church, speaking of younger kids, because you might think, all right, once I get to junior high, you have more opportunities, you know, community impact day, maybe even mission trips. Um, But there's a family that's greeters for one of our service. And frequently, they have their little kids right there with mm-hmm. them greeting. Yeah, so and great. it is great. First of all, who, who, when they're entering into the church service, doesn't like to be greeted by a kid? I mean, it's, it's great, and the kids do a great mm-hmm. job of it. And also, the kids get to be right there with mom and dad, seeing mom and dad do something significant in order to serve Jesus, and then they even get to be a part of it to get this sense of, I, I'm a part of doing something valuable here. It, I think when we don't serve, when we just consume, we sort of end up with the sense of it doesn't really matter whether or not I'm here. Mm. But when we're serving, it, it's something that reinforces that idea that it, it really matters. There's something that God is doing through me, and I get to see him working through me. Yeah, yeah, they have a stake in the game at that point too. Uh, I even think of like our events that we do. We do stuff after church sometimes, or do a barbecue, or a kickoff day, or we have, you know, like Good Friday, or we set up chairs outside. Uh, even just staying after, I try to stay after the event and be like, hey, all of our kids, they can pick up chairs. You know, they can fold chairs, they can carry stuff up to the the sanctuary, whatever it needs to be. But there's simple things they can do, and you see other families do this as well. Like there's like, okay, they put their kids to work right after you know we're done with this function we're done with this event but it's also uh something that they can do the whole family can do together i love so does i'll see families uh after service like they're carrying chairs together like you can do by himself but dad's helping and you're doing it as a team but it's also part of the church and so there's a great crossover there yeah yeah i agree and i think it we're, we're talking mostly about the serving together but i think another thing kind of worth Um, putting out there is that, especially through the ministry of the church, sometimes we as parents are in an opportunity to facilitate our kids being in opportunities, even apart from us, where they're serving. And so that might be, you know, we we frequently do a community impact day. Mm -hmm. um, And at least for a lot of times there will be uh, smaller kids will be with their parents doing projects. Um, But for those of us that have kids in the youth group, they go and typically do a project on their own and they do it Mm -hmm. as a youth group, which they'll do a car wash and oil changes and stuff like that. I think just parents prioritizing that and saying, I'm going to get you there. Mm -hmm. Or the the youth group a lot of times will do the Operation Christmas Child, stuffing the boxes, the idea of a parent saying, I will prioritize getting you to these things. In those cases, sometimes even if it's not we're right next to each other serving, it still is a partnership in serving and the parents with an opportunity to be able to facilitate kids serving and saying, this is important. You, you have something to contribute here. I will, I will reschedule this. I will make sure to give you a ride. I will get you out there. I will pick you up because this is really important. Oh yeah. You think as parents, like we will move heaven and earth to make sure you don't miss a practice or a sporting event or something. But when it comes to stuff like this, we set the same kind of priority, like we put on the calendar and we're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Like this is important for us to do. Yeah. Now, now here's, here's a question I want to ask. You know, we, we kind of we're, we're walking, I think, by solid faith, but on faith with the idea that this really is a difference. We, we know it's biblical, but that this really is a difference yeah. maker in solidifying our kids with having Jesus at the center of their lives for the long term. So we, we each have kids that are old enough now that yeah. we've, 
we haven't seen the whole picture, but we've been able to see some of the fruit of different things that we've done or haven't done as parents. So I'm curious with you in the Spillman family, mm. what do you feel, what fruit do you feel like you've seen from the efforts that you and Heidi have made in this area of facilitating and leading your kids into serving? Yeah, so I feel like it's it's really helped as far as having like a other focus. You know, it isn't just about us. Kind of talked about that. Like we live in a me, me, me culture. So there's something that's really great about that, normalizing that. But also just making it normal to to serve others, like be other focused in the sense of like, hey, I actually can see the needs because we can be so self-focused that we don't actually see it. You know, we can actually just kind of walk right by. Like uh, years ago, we had a shut-in nearby us that lived a few houses down. And couldn't really wash the car or couldn't do the lawn. So like we would offer to help out. Well, we could all be a part of that because that's yeah. something that we can all do. But there's this 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 mind shift that takes place, right? Where hey, it's not just about my world, breaking it out of that, but also just making this is just how we live. And also just gives them confidence. Like, hey, I have something to offer. Like I have gifts, I have abilities that I can use to be able to honor Lord and be able to uh, be a blessing to our neighbors. Yeah, and and what what you said at the end when I when I was jotting down some things before that that was the main thing I was I was focusing on as I think about my kids. You know, we um, I don't know six seven months ago we got to at least elements of our families got to go together to Rosarito on Go yeah. Team Rosarito, yeah, which great. you you've done mission trips for years. Actually, maybe before I share. This is something you've been very intentional with your kids, not just with the Rosarito mm -hmm. trip, but with other mission trips mm -hmm. with each of your kids. Yeah. So I've been taking our kids early on, even sometimes when I think Caden uh, was five years old, I think yeah. took him to Mexico. Uh, but also what was really special is that I took each one of our kids when they turned 13. It was like a rite of passage and took each one on their own trip. Sometimes it was just something that I was doing, scouting out something, kind of the advantage of being the outreach pastor, uh, but also just going on a trip with others involved. You know, with Caden, um, it was Ethiopia, and Ariel, it was Peru, and Tate, it was Thailand. And so each one, uh, we had this, some of them, I think, at least two of the three, actually, the birthday fell on it. So we got to do something fun that's culturally relevant to that place that we we're at and be able to celebrate that. But it was really special to be able to be like, okay, this is a part of life. This is a rite of passage for you where you're going to be giving of your time and energy and treasure. Yeah. And I think that's so valuable. And and one of the things um, that this was the first mission trip that we were all together on as a family. You know, my two, two oldest had been to Honduras before. Um, and Karina and I have been on trips before, but it was cool with each of my sons to get to see um, them, first of all, experience what you were talking about, the whole idea of, man, the, there's this wide world and there's people in need, and I'm blind to it a lot of the time because I'm I'm grown up experiencing some some advantages that not everybody has, but also for each of them to get to experience really participating and being valuable for what God was doing on that trip. Like, you know, my my 11-year-old David, I mean, he was all over it with the different projects. He was not <laughs> daunted by the fact that he was the youngest one on the team by a decent margin, and he got uh -huh. to be a part of the, the other team members did a great job helping him, and he was able to look at different things that we did and say, I... I was a part of that, and this is benefiting this church. And mm -hmm. um, remember, Jack, my middle son, went to uh, the dump ministry, yeah, which I didn't go. Were you on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you went. I didn't mm -hmm. go on on that one. 
Um, but just getting to debrief with him a little bit afterwards, because he was understandably, he was a little bit tentative. He, he wanted to do it, but he wasn't sure what to expect. And getting to go around and pray with different people who are living in really destitute situations and getting to minister to them, that, that probably was the standout moment of the trip for him. Um, and when we did the, we, we went to the um, retirement home and served them. My, my son, Matt, who had taken Spanish, but had not necessarily felt like he had the best teachers and everything, he suddenly became our bridge to extended yeah. conversations with the members. And he even afterwards was kind of saying, I, don't, I think that was God. I don't know how I was able mm -hmm. to do that and remember everything. Um, and there were just for each of them these marked moments of being able to see God worked through me. Um, and that obviously is transferable to wherever you are. It's, it's not just an overseas thing, but getting to experience that. And, and that's true. We, we have different gifts, whether it's a more behind the scenes thing of like, I helped set up for this great event that people benefited from, or if it's something that's more slightly upfront, like we have some young people serving as worship leaders alongside Caden with Life Kids, getting to see that, I think, solidifies us more deeply in our relationship with Jesus, but also gives us that sense, gets us out of the idea of, yeah, we're a family who goes to church, to we're a family who follows Jesus, and we're a part of the redemptive work that he's doing here in this world. Yeah. Yeah, we get to be a part of it. Yeah. It's like Jesus invites us in to be a part of, of what he's doing uh, in our community, in our church, but in our world as well. And it's like we get to be a part of this. It's not like we have to. It's like we, we get to. We get to be involved in what God's doing. Yeah. Now, I would guess, as we're talking about this, very very few people are listening to us talk here and saying, I object. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's happening. And at the same time, the, there might be some some feelings, uh, some tentative feelings about like, I want to do this. I, I see obstacles. Yeah. Um, do, do you have some observations, first of all, why nobody objects to this? Why aren't we all doing this more? Because <laughs> uh, it's inconvenient, right? Like it just goes against our normal routines. Our, we don't just kind of, uh, as things you schedule into your phone, you know, for your day, uh, these things tend not to be a part of it. So you have to purposely be willing to put them there. You have to be willing to disrupt your your schedule or your weekly routine. And we didn't guard our routine, really. Like we we could be pretty fierce guardians of it. I know I can be. And so I have to be willing to be open to changing that up and having like a bigger perspective. You'll see what would God do if I was just let go of some of that control or, or be able to set aside some time to be able to serve the Lord in just real simple ways like this. Yeah, and I think you're right. Just there's there's kind of both elements to us getting past the obstacles. And one, um, one of them is the whole idea of saying, if this is important, we don't just wait for something to happen. We, you know, hey, we yeah. are scheduling in that we are serving with this ministry or that we're doing this in our neighborhood. Um, but also, as you were talking about, just trying to cultivate that open, uh, available attitude where if the Lord brings an opportunity our way, um, we're not saying, nope, this is like soccer practice. We don't have time for this. That, that we would be flexible enough to say, all right, maybe the Lord is okay with us being late to soccer practice this time because something is happening here that that's important for us to be a part of. And so trying to cultivate the intentionality, but also, you know, you, you read through the book of Acts, 
How many times did the the apostles or the people who ended up doing things, how many times was it their plan and how many of it was times was it God just put something in their path and they said, all right, guess this is from the Lord. I guess oh, yeah. my daily plans have changed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I just, uh, one of my mottos is, especially like on go teams or on trip is blessed are the flexible for you shall not be broken. Um, we just need to be flexible. I can just go into my day just with a set routine. I need to be willing to allow the Lord to interrupt that. You know, and that's basically what mission trips are. Like they're one big interruption to our life, right? Like for that week or a week and a half, whatever it is. What if we lived our life that way? You know, that we were just open to the interruptions. We see that someone's having a harder time carrying their groceries out to their car. Well, I have places to go. I need to get to this. No, I'm going to stop. I'm going to help this person get the groceries into their car. Like just being open to that is huge. Just being available. And like, I believe if we ask for opportunities, God will open our eyes mm. to them. I believe they're all over the place. Yeah, that's a good word. Now, now, all right, let, let's let's try to get as practical and tangible as we can. Again, I, I don't think anybody listening to this is saying, I don't like what they're saying. Yeah. So for somebody that's saying, all right, we do want to do this. We want to do this as a family. We want to do this. We want to involve our kids. Um, we're not sure what to do. Yeah. We're, we're not sure how to get started. <laughs> what counsel would you suggest for just ways to get started in this area to make this a part of our lives? Just schedule, like schedule some like Saturday afternoons, three o'clock. We're gonna go for a walk on the trails. We have trails near us, or you could go to a park, or even just your neighborhood. Everyone has a little trash bag. You pick up trash. People will see you do this. They'll actually probably be a little shocked that you're doing this because who picks up trash? Usually we add litter. We don't pick up litter. And so you're actually doing a service, but people might start a little conversation with you and ask you what you're doing. And you can talk about, hey, this is what way we want to serve our community. God loves our community and our neighborhood. And we do too. It's just real simple like that where uh, you go to a park, try to make it better. I even think of like where we play pickleball. There's always trash around. There's there always is. stuff. Like there's there's stuff that we could be doing. And why shouldn't we be the ones to help make it better, right? So there's a lot of simple ways uh, like that. Now, if you want to take the next level, you can organize um, where you go to a nursing home. Or it might have a neighbor that's a shut-in nearby that you help out in real practical ways. Sometimes it's just as simple as bringing lunch. You know, and playing playing a game with them. Uh, bingo is always a hit, no matter what country or where you are. Bingo always works, and they just love the idea, especially with kids. I feel like my younger kids at the time when they were little, uh, they were the way into people's hearts. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a, a four year old or five year old sit in their lap or talking to them or playing, putting the right, you know, uh, chip on the bingo number. That stuff is huge. It opens doors. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I love that. And I think, I, again, I would suggest the, the word you mentioned earlier, just the simplicity of things. Yeah. Um, I would say if you really feel stuck, because those ideas are great, and even just brainstorming as a family, like both what do we feel God called it, has called us to and what are the opportunities he's already given us? So, And, and in that context, and you might do that if, if you're married as husband and wife, but you might also involve the kids in it just to say, oh, yeah. That there is that neighbor who who's older who frequently needs help, or there is this person who's lonely who would love a visit, and so those things might come up. I would say if you feel stuck, like you got a church family, yeah. you don't have to invent all this stuff. And so, first of all, start thinking of ways to be able to serve in the ministry of the church. And if even in that you really feel stuck, come to one of us on staff. 
Like come talk to one of us and say, hey, we're looking for a way to plug in and serve together as a family. Gosh, we're kind of new to this. Maybe we're a little bit embarrassed. We don't really know how to do this. Man, we are going to be thrilled to be able to help facilitate something like that and to figure that out because we see a benefit to everyone in that. And so some of it is just sitting down and, and taking a first step. There might be some trial and error. Like you said, you might be like, we're going to do the cookie thing for the neighborhood. And maybe it doesn't work out as great as you think. And so you, you say, all right, we'll try something else. Uh, like, don't get daunted. Don't get discouraged. You know, God is going to pave the way in this. Um, but I think if we just get that foot in the door, you know, I, I don't know how much you're this way. For me, the first step is the hardest step. Yeah, for sure. Like going, like one <laughs> is so much bigger than zero. Mm-hmm. Like it just taking that first step is such a hard thing. And once you do, a lot of the scariness goes away. A lot of the mystery goes away. You realize you've got other people willing to help you. You realize that they're not looking down on you because you don't know what what you're doing because all of us are are just, in many ways as believers, all of us are beginners, just looking to walk with Jesus and follow him. So man, uh, I'd say that first step of just either brainstorming, what has God opened up our opportunities for? Or just saying, we're just gonna start with the church. We're gonna start with the church. Yep. They have facilitated ways where we can serve. They will they will kind of grease the wheels for us and we'll get started in that and we'll see where the Lord leads us after that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come up with a lot of reasons why not to do something. But there's also a spiritual dynamic there. Yeah. Like when we're willing to step out in faith and be obedient, God does a fresh work in our lives. The enemy of our souls doesn't want that, yeah. right? And so hey, we have to push through those barriers, be willing to take a step of faith in the midst of this. Yeah, no, that that is huge. And as we've already talked about, when our kids get the chance to do that, and when our kids see us doing that, yeah. that that brings us from this is some religion that we watch stuff happen to we are participating, walking with Jesus as active participants. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What else? Just just before we, we kind of wrap this, anything else that you're itching to say? I'll, you know, you're the executive pastor now, but a lot of your your ministry in different churches has been in the serving area. Anything else that you're like, it? let's make sure to put this in. Let's make sure people hear this or know this. Yeah, especially this area of serving, like it's supposed to be fun. So make it fun. Stop by, you know, donut stop, store on the way out or in and out on the way back. Um don't be like the, when you're painting something, be the drip police. Like, it's okay. You know, you have a drop cloth for a reason. Like, don't overdo it. Have fun with it. Yeah, we want to do it right. We don't want to, you know, make a big mess or something like that. I get that. But yet, uh, have fun with it. You know, sometimes we can get so uptight when we do it. It's like, hey, we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord in the midst of doing these things, not just about doing the task. Sometimes I've seen people, in Jesus' name, they're doing the task so focused, they're not a lot of fun to be around. And you don't want that either. You want to make this fun for everybody and the whole family. Um, for younger, I'd say divide and conquer. Sometimes, you know, as dad, I would just take two of our kids and the youngest would stay home with mom. Or you have other families that maybe help watch some of the younger kids so you can go out with older kids. And so sometimes you have to be a little creative depending on the season of life that you're at, but it's worth the effort. Oh, those are great. I love that. Those are great pieces of advice and super helpful in all of this. Um, well, I, I want to say thanks to those of you who took the time to listen to this and to watch this. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is the second of five videos that we're going to do talking about these five habits of forming faith at home. 
We want as families to put Jesus at the center of our families, and we want our kids to be walking with Jesus more closely than we've walked with Jesus as they grow. And these are habits that help make that a reality. Um, It's not a checklist. It's not meant to be legalistic. It's just meant to give us some rails to run on as we look to do family life. Um, And so we do an episode of The Christian Contrast every two weeks. We look to put out content that's helpful and that encourages us and equips us to walk with Jesus in a world where others aren't doing that. Uh, We always have room for comments or questions or feedback on our videos. So you can find all episodes of The Christian Contrast on our YouTube channel for Life Bible Fellowship Church and also on our website, lbf.church. And if you leave comments, I try to keep track of those and go back and check those or answer questions or engage with people who do. So, Troy, thanks so much for engaging and for helping us with this. My pleasure. Super. Yeah, it's been great. And thank you to those of you who listened. And we'll see you in two weeks with a new episode.